What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Hey, this is Flounder, producer extraordinaire for the Marketing Mad Men. Today, the guys answer questions submitted by audience members. If you want to submit a question, please email madmen at extra1063.com. All that and more today on the Marketing Madman Podcast. They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the Marketing Madman with Nick Constantino and Trip Job. Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Marketing Madman. Trip Job and Nick Constantino here live from the Battery. And uh, this is going to be fun. Yeah, man. We haven't done this in a while. Yeah, man. Honestly, I can't believe how many questions we got. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that we got so many questions. And um, so we're going to do a little bit. Of, we're going to answer some fan mail, if you will, some user questions, some listener mail. Uh, you could say whatever you want to. But, you know. Can you believe we're on uh, season four? Uh, I, I cannot believe that we are. I can't believe we made it through one to begin with, but the, the fact we're on four, and I think it's so funny that it took us this long to, to think of doing like a question thing. Yeah, I think we did a season one, here's but the, it's been a while. It's yeah. been a long time since we've done this. So. And here's the problem. like We're so in the weeds with it that we forget that there are people at different levels of their marketing expertise, and there are people at different sizes of their companies. Like If you're a three-man operation, you don't need to do marketing the same way as a 6,000-person company company does and 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 obviously the fun stuff is kind of the more high end but but functionally there are principles that don't change and what we're going to do we're going to answer some of these questions um some of them are simple but they're simple for the right reasons like it's it's trend words or buzzwords or things people here you have to get you know you can't put the cart before the horse we got to start with the, the simple fundamentals, and then we could go into kind of answering the questions. Yeah, no, and I think that's uh, that's right. That a lot of people, a lot of times, the questions we get is because someone, for the right reasons, hears something from a friend, a colleague, whatever, um, that what they're doing, and they oh maybe I should do this, All right? Yeah. And then uh, you know, and that's look. The great part is they're asking the question, so versus just hearing that something works for someone else and assuming it's going to work for their business. Yeah, I agree, and I think so. sometimes people, you know, they, they read the trends, they they watch influencers on LinkedIn, you know, and and honestly, even more. Uh, we forget to talk about marketing very often on this show. Yeah. We forget. I mean, the, the past couple, it's been like, oh, shoot, marketing. And yeah. then we got to go into it. So let's do a marketing right. show. So um, on that vein, we have brought our, our producer, Flounder, in, who's going to help read some of these questions. Um, we're not sure if he's going to do voices and impersonations, yeah. but we brought him aboard to do so. <laughs> I don't so, know if that's my forte. But. Yeah, that's okay. So yeah. let's, let's just hit it. These are in no particular order. These are as random as they come. And uh, this is completely improvised, so bear with us. Yeah. <laughs> John and it. Atlanta, what percentage of marketing budget should be digital? 
Uh, this is how we start. Yeah. Uh, right, 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 right <laughs> into the sure, heart I'll of let, the question. I'll let right. you go because I don't want to go on. A, I don't want to turn people away right away. You start. Yeah. So you know, I I get that question a lot, and someone will go, "Oh, I hear you know, eight percent, four percent. You know, this that seems a lot." Step back. All right. Um, first thing I would say is, don't even think about digital. First off, let's just talk about how should you determine what is a right size marketing budget for your business. All right, and. Some people will say, well, what type of business? Are you B2B, B2C? I would, again, stop for a second. What stage business are you in, right? And what are your goals? So, and by stage, I mean, are you an early stage company, right? So if you think about tech, there's a lot of technology companies, there's a lot of startups here in Atlanta. Um, if you're early stage, for two reasons, you you want one goal. You want to get the name of your business out. You want to acquire customers that's going to be key is creating revenue. So just by itself, if you're an early stage company, you're going to have a higher percentage of your total revenues. And, and the revenue number may be small, but you're going to spend more to acquire customers. Right. No, no, if, you should be spending more. You should be. that's not how it's it usually not, happens. Uh, that, right, but, exactly. Right. But that's In part theory, of- In theory, you're trying to create right. demand at the top of the funnel. To do so without having any reputation, you need to spend to get word out there. Right. So that that's one. And now if you are, let's say you've been in business for a couple of years and you see good market conditions and an opportunity to grow, all right? So then that's an opportunity there of- you may start to look at, should I be spending a little bit more for growth potential? You might be a mature company. That's a completely different animal. And we'll come back to some of these numbers. Sure. But understanding where you are. And then the other is, you could be a company in trouble, all right? Yeah. You could be trying to hold on. How do I How do I go about this? Yep. All right? And that's So to me, look at the four stages first, right? Start there. What are your goals, right? Let's, let's now go back. Let's... let's um, take a step away from the startups and the technology. Let's say your goals are, um, I could be a landscaping or a, sure. a home home improvement company, Prince right? We're early in the year, similar, yep. right? So, you know, I would look at where's your season, you know? So if my days uh, looking at Old Castle, we spent a lot more money. Now in total, big company, you know, we spent 45%, right? Uh, in of our total revenue. Now we were a very large established company. There's some that are going to need to spend higher than that, but we move more of our spending preseason and early season. So for us, you know, the season, depending on where in the country was, was probably February. It started February, March, April. Further, yeah. further, you know, north, it's March and April, and it kind of ran through about September. Right. Then the yeah. other part of the season, it's you know, you're not out working yeah. in the yard, things of that nature. So. Our spending tended to be 60, maybe even 90 days brand-wise, but 60 days prior to the season, heavy in that first 90 days of yeah. the season, because otherwise we're spending money that, um, you know what, is probably not going to pay off yeah. that year. Yeah. So and we might we might be spending- the demand, But you want to build demand before the, the, you go into that busy right. season for a couple of reasons. One, you might not be staffed to have the yeah. capacity, but two, why would you spend when the phone's ringing? You spend when the phone's not ringing to make the phone ring. Exactly. So yeah. we might be eight or 10%, high single digits, preseason and early season to build that revenue. And then as the season goes along, we're not stopping. That's when we start doing brand building, but it starts to pull back down to yeah. maybe it's only a couple percent. I agree. And, in, and I think in that instance, 
it depends if you are if you are a direct to consumer e-commerce site, you spend more on digital because yeah. you can track the whole funnel and you're selling something online. So I think the type of business. Yeah. The other thing and the way I look at this, let's say you are a mid-level company that really has not done this the right way. You've grown yeah. organically, but you need to really scale. This is how my brain works. Digital is in two different parts of the funnel. You start with SEO, no matter yeah. what anyone says. Before you can brand yourself, can people find you? Do they know yes. where to look? From there, you go to your aerial assault. You need to make sure that that brand is established and people know who you are. So that's your radio, TV, yeah. videos, whatever your high-end marketing is. Then you follow that up with your pay-per-click and your bottom of the funnel effectiveness. If you follow that path, your SEO works, then your 30,000 foot aerial assault works, then you could start your ground yeah. campaign. If you can start that, and it doesn't matter, if that's a three month process or a one month process, you could still follow it. You just gotta spend more money to speed that process yeah. up. Totally agree, and and can people find you? The, the one other adage we talk about a lot is, make sure the people that then, when you invest, are the ones you want to find you. Because there's agree, a lot of I think That could be a later on thing. Because right. you no, want to no. just get it out there. You Eventually, get out. you have to find your market. But, but a lot of times yeah. you're wrong. You think that yeah. that's the right person, yeah. but the data shows you something yeah. otherwise. So you, nope, good point. when you go about that process, I think that's what you have to do. I think the other thing that you have to say is when you say percentages, like I don't think SEO is a marketing expense. I think it is a, a horrible, mm. horrible thing to think that's marketing. That is operations. Your SEO should not be marketing. It should be it, operations. Now, in many companies, it has become what sales used to be. But in you know some what I'm ways, saying? So right? if, you're, if you're saying what percent of digital and SEO is now falling into that, yeah. I would say if you are not spending 60 to 70% in digital, you're crazy. If you include mm -hmm. SEO in that number. Yeah. Because no, if it's... you don't have, like, it's different parts of the funnel. Your SEO is what guides the funnel all the way down. Your top of your radio, TV, yeah social media, your bottom of the funnel is your cost per click and, and, and all that stuff, okay? If you don't have all of that working at the same time, it's not gonna work. So I think a rule of thumb, mm -hmm. probably 50 to 80%, uh, again, even e-commerce, you know what they eventually yeah. end up doing? Radio and TV. Every yeah. single one of them that says they're not gonna, your Stitch Fix, all these guys that started on shoes, they're doing more TV marketing. All these guys that were e-commerce sites eventually do radio, so. And, I and think, if you're only doing one or two things, then you've probably got a, an issue. Yeah. Right. You yeah. don't. You don't want to be peanut butter in it where you're doing ten different things all at ten percent. But you you do need to align and, and have a few core areas and not uh, not just doing SEO. Yeah. So, so again, right question. Take a step yeah. back. Look at the full funnel of all your marketing, and then you can decide which percentage to use on something specific like digital. All right, founder. founder. All right. This kind of bleeds into what y'all are talking about. What social media platform should I use for my business? All right. Um, you get to go first. All right. So. <laughs> Again, this can be difficult now because what people put on social yes. media. So I saw a really interesting thing. Social media should be named, the name should be changed because it's no longer how you interact with friends no, and people. No, it no, is business. how you interact with brands and business. So one, it sucks. But again, yeah. it's just not fun. The fun has been sucked out of it to that capacity. But with that being said, it is a good medium to reach the masses with an articulate message. Okay. Yeah. It's also an easy place to lie and not worry about false advertising because it is the wild west out there. The claims that are being made, if you look, it's like, this is mushroom tea. This will save your life and you're gonna die. And it's like, bro, unless it has psilocybin in it, it's not saving my life. Anyway, so, but, so my, my gut says here, first off, Social media should be part of your funnel. So you have to decide what your marketing budget is, what percentage you're spending on digital, and then of that, what percentage you're spending on social media. If it were me, 
and I was trying to make a direct response campaign, I am still using Facebook and Instagram. Their tools are the best, their operations are the best, their ability to sell directly to you and buy on that platform is, is bar none. If, and a big if, I agree, you are going after consumers that, that are actively on Facebook and Instagram. If you are a B2B or a heavy technology company, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. All right. Sure. So again, no, I, I agree with you, but there are people, and I, I see sure. it all the time, who go, oh, well, you know, my real estate friend had all this success in Facebook, and therefore I'm going to go put all my my efforts on Facebook, and that's not where their customers are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you know, there is a piece. I completely agree. Yeah. You know what? Let's do this. Let's finish this conversation yeah. out. When we come back from the break, let's go into each medium of social media, and let's explain why, the, where, in which function those would be good. Because I think that's a really important thing, right? Yeah. A lot of people don't know. They don't see the back ends of what those pieces look like. So, Do I get to rant on TikTok again? We're going to start with that, actually. <laughs> we're going to start with your rant on TikTok. Uh, because I think, unfortunately or fortunately, the buying community has changed their opinion on TikTok, yeah. and, but the marketing strategy is very different, right? That's more of a content marketing or a thought leadership strategy. So I think that would be a good way to come back from the break. All I'm going to say is, is again, chicken, you have, it's a chicken or egg. You need to decide what you're spending in marketing, right. what percentage of your revenue is going to go into it, what percentage is going to go to digital, and then what percentage of that digital is going to go to social. Don't let somebody convince you that social and digital, they should be working in tandem together. Do you, you're talking about having a plan? I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a plan and a marketing, a marketing mix and a budget. I mean, uh, Wow, no, yeah, that's big stuff. no. These are big and, complex and stuff. I know. Yeah, no, but that so many businesses don't. They follow uh, a tactic or an offer someone gives them. So um, no, I think it's great. When we come back from the break, we'll dive in a little bit more to social media and then other questions from uh, listeners because you're listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra One Hundred Six Point Three. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about. First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job and Nick Constantino here. And, uh, you know, we were talking about social media and budgets. And I think uh, one of the things we said is, you know, let's kind of go through some of the top social media platforms. And uh, I think, Flander, you had a, a, a good thought. Is, a scenario. How do let's, we, let's, yeah, set, let's, let's set the stage. So let's say I'm a small independent business like landscaping. I have maybe 10 to 15 employees, and last year I grossed $5 million. Okay. What's the best avenue from a social media standpoint to advertise? Yeah. Okay. I love it. So yep. what we're going to do for the sake, let's let's just name them all and say why it might or might not work because mm -hmm. that'll set the stage. So I'll start with the most obvious. And the most obvious is you need to be on Instagram. 
And that is because what you are doing is a visual punch, the before and after. You need that visual punch. A picture is worth a thousand words. Some of these adages have never changed. That picture is worth a thousand words. And you know, honestly, I don't think the video of how it's done is important as the end result of what it looks like. So I would say immediately, the best thing for you to be on is Instagram. Now, that being said, Instagram tends to skew younger. Do the younger people have enough money to reach it? So you Well, that's really, a Facebook would be the, the second one I would have. For that very, and, right. And they work in tandem. And you can tie them in together. What overall but, demographic are you trying to reach? You're trying to reach homeowners that have enough money to do a $100,000 landscape. Because when you think landscaping, yeah, yeah, yeah. the days of like planting trees are over. Now it's, let me redo your full backyard and yeah. make living space outdoors. Hey, and that's COVID really changed, pitch, right. COVID like really that. changed yeah. that. Well, and especially if you're someone who is, is going beyond, let's just say, the turf maintenance landscaping and into hardscaping and building those type of things. That's where you want to get that across. You want to sell um, testimonials out there. And I think to your point, you can do that via video. You can do it in Instagram. You can do it in Facebook. And, you know, those two are, you're probably going to get more pointed users in Instagram, but not as many. And I think Facebook, in most cases, you're going to hit a larger swath of people who would be in your target audience. They may or may not be thinking about you. That's probably the benefit you're going to get on Facebook. Whereas Instagram... You're in the buying decision, and you may be searching actively for that. Yep, so. yep. And, I, and, I, and so realistically, all you're trying to do is put that vision in someone's head. Now, they're not going to buy you because of that vision. That's where other marketing yeah. tools come in. But you want to get that vision of, you know what? Wow, it would be really cool for me to have that. Or, oh, you know what? My friend has it. Mine can be better. Something like that. Now, that being said, sometimes you market for something like hiring and you need more people. That's where you'd be on LinkedIn. So I think LinkedIn is a really good tool for two things, thought leadership, hiring, and then also B2B. Because as a contractor, you still need a sod guy. You still need a tractor guy. You still need all these people. So my emphasis would be put on Instagram and Facebook. My secondary above Twitter and above TikTok would probably be LinkedIn because there's a lot of B2B that goes on with a business like that. Yeah, I think I think with LinkedIn, if you're this in this example, it's a little more for brand, it's a little more for credibility, right? And you just want a steady, consistent, right? Someone can go find your page, see your website from it, and it's more of just verifying and, and authenticity. Yeah. Um, I agree that um, Twitter uh, or X, whatever you want to call it, is, is not appropriate. To me... For the most part, Twitter nowadays is if you've got a business and you need to really try to hit the PR world and journalist and have other people pick up on your story, that's the place to yeah. go. That is, that is where Twitter has become, you know, if, if you want to get your, your word out free in the PR land, that's the place to, to attract the journalists, So maybe if you're a 30 or $40 million landscape company and you're the thought leader in the market, Twitter might right. be a good place because you're in exactly. theory breaking the news. So, But yep. for the scale we've set up, I agree with that. And look, I think TikTok can be really useful, but the audience is so young. They don't really own a house. It's not the right space. I get, I get the thought behind video content and content marketing. I just don't think it's the right space for it. TikTok I, is just more influence. Uh, they're just they want those, right, they but want you're those influencing easy. over 18 year olds. Yeah, so many 18 yeah. year olds don't own houses and are paying for landscaping. Yeah, that I know it, of, to me, to me, TikTok is still okay. Younger audience, um, you want personal care, and you want entertainment, food, and beverage. Those are the three areas. So when you think personal care, it could be cosmetics. It could be even it could even be fashion and clothes. Yep. I would add that to it. To me, that's where TikTok has its biggest audience. And if you're not in those areas. You know, I, unless you just like TikTok, I'd stay off TikTok from yeah. a business perspective. Sure. 
Uh, yeah, I think that covers them all. Again, it's relative to yeah. each business, but ultimately, they are not the same. They aren't meant to be the same. They don't brand themselves as the same. So be be strategic with how you use them. The yeah, and the last one I would throw, it used to be big. I would say it's nowhere near as big anymore. Is I, I would Pinterest. I would stay. Yeah. You know, unless you just have the tools, you know, so the tools aren't as good on Pinterest. Yep. I think Pinterest is like that aspirational purchase, which fits yep. what we're doing here. But for the sake of this, if you're using money, it is much easier to use Facebook and Insta yep. together. Track exactly. those campaigns, do it yourself at the revenue you are, not pay someone else. Yeah, if you're Pinterest in a niche, if you're in a niche, maybe then Pinterest fits. But otherwise, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. a good point. If from you're a, doing hardscapes, from a social yeah. media outlook, what's the cheapest? Is LinkedIn. All right, so that's a really hard question. And the reason is is because every industry, the more inundated the industry is with competitors, the more expensive it becomes. LinkedIn will always be your most expensive because you're reaching the more targeted amount of people and you have a lot of tools to target incomes and seniority level. But in my experience, if you are good at it, Facebook, Insta is unmatched in their ability to reach people for cheap if you know what you're doing. Because remember, it's still all about keywords and searching. If you're searching landscaping Atlanta, there's a million people competing for those keywords. If you're searching hardscapes Atlanta, built-in fountain, the more the more, more custom. custom you get, actually the less people are in there. It might be more expensive per lead, but impressions are cheaper. Right. So it depends again what your metric of success is. That's the biggest problem. People are like, well, I just want to, well, no, that doesn't help. Yeah. Impressions don't help. Engagement doesn't help. Clicks don't help. What is your metric of success look like? Then you can pick which one is the most effective. Totally well, I think that was I think that was a good one. Let's yeah. go. Let's let's keep on going because um, what do we got next, Flounder? All right, this kind of leads into it. Which marketing? Oh, is this from Macon? Do we have listeners in Macon? Stacy wow, and Macon, we're going all Ooh. the way out there, buddy. All right, how do I build a content market strategy? Oh. All right, all right. So to start, does your business need a content marketing strategy? Yes. Okay, so I understand why people do it, and I think it is unbelievably powerful. I also think it was much more powerful when only industry leaders were doing it. Now that every asshole on earth is doing a content marketing strategy, it's lost some of its effectiveness. Yeah. It's lost some of its effectiveness. So so let's let's assume that you do need it, all right? You need to stand out Flounder among- just marked me. I guess I wasn't yeah, allowed to say that right, word. So, um, so let's say that you know, you want to stand out above others in your industry, right? You want to um, be seen as leadership, right? Okay. So one of the biggest mistakes I see is people go, oh, well, I see this uh, article. Um, oh, you know, hey, it's uh, we're coming up against a, a freeze-thaw issue. Should we uh, put some news out, yeah. right? It's fine to put out, a, you know, a yes. small alert or whatever. Yeah. But a strategy, and this is a big failing, is people get one idea in their head and they want to put it out and they assume a week later, a month later, whatever it is, whatever their frequency, they're going to have another idea. Yeah. And I, don't know, I, I think people are going to look at your content right. when you just started there. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. So I, I try to tell people, look, you need to have minimally six titles in your mind. If you're going to develop a strategy, right, whatever it is, whether it's going to be a video, whether it's going to be a blog post, I don't care what it is. Have six titles in in mind. Have three of them where you've got the skeleton written, and then one of them that's fully ready before you start, and before you start posting. Yep. Because guess what? If you don't have that, where I'm going next, more often than not, the first one's going to get out there. You're going to get busy. The second one, you're going to push it off, push it off, and so then it's going to be half and then it stalls. But if if you get this idea of okay, there's six things I think I can talk about. And I start, you know, working on the first three, even though they're not all finished. 
then you've got you've got an outline and you've got a commitment and a plan to it and that so becomes a strategy right yep. so stalling. so i agree with the with the fact that you need a strategy mine would be a little different yeah. mine would be a cadence i'm mm-hmm. doing them every week i'm yep. doing them two minutes maybe three at most yep. and Boom. i'm planning out my first 20. yeah so this is more of a practice in anytime you do something, it is not going to yeah. catch until the 50th, 60th time you've done it because people need the repetition yeah. and the world is not as interested in what you're doing as you are. Yeah. So I would go about it and I would say, I'm going to do and, two and, minute videos every Friday and I don't care how many people view them. Yeah. I am getting them out well, there. So when something is relevant and maybe that one catches, yep. one, you have the experience, two, you have the cadence to know it's coming out. It's not easy. And I would not spend a lot and, of money here. This is not hire oh. a professional firm to do this. This is pop your phone Exper- on. Experiment record. and start. Yeah. And, and your point about 20. So a lot of the reason I don't tell people 20 a lot of times is they're like, they never get started. But I think I think your point is if I got a sheet of paper and if I'm going to do it weekly, to your point, and I go 1 through 52 and then I knock off a few weeks that, hey, we're not going to do it. So it's for at least if you have the page, even if you start with six or eight or ten. I, all right. At least you've got this idea of the cadence. I totally agree with only, that. My only problem with that is that if you can't think of 20 topics in the field you're doing, content is not your problem. Right. Your problem is you don't know your freaking business. Is because we've come up with 20 yep. topics off the top of our head while sitting here drinking whiskey before. So you, if you can't think of 20 topics for your it, business, you shouldn't be the one doing no, the content strategy. And, and, and I think a big part of that is some people, when they think of content strategy, they want to say everything about every product or service they offer right and that's that's part of the problem part of doing this exercise is to realize i may have a service let's go back to landscaping maybe it's um you know building outdoor structures pergolas and and things of that nature you may need four to five different two-minute posts on that same subject different ways to approach it not try to get everything in this one huge post yeah. and i think that's that's a key and some people yeah. just forget that and unless you have variety in your content that's it and, yeah. and the truth is is that you can use different content for different things and different parts of your strategy so ultimately here's how it works Short form content is to get someone's attention. Long form content is to sell what you are selling and give the value proposition you have, right? Yeah. So this is where TikTok plays in. Maybe you make a LinkedIn video that's 20 minutes or a YouTube video that's 20 minutes. Yeah. That LinkedIn becomes three minutes. That TikTok becomes 60 seconds. All you did was produce the first piece of content and then you edit the other one down. We shoot a podcast. Part of the podcast is to get content to put out for thought leadership. Yeah. So it's not about maybe doing one video. It's about a content strategy. Yeah. I'm doing a podcast. Yeah. Of that podcast, I will pull three minutes for LinkedIn. Of that three minutes, I will pull one minute that I'm going to put on TikTok. If you can build that kind of thing, you would be shocked of how yep. fast it blows up and grows. And use things. So in the B2B space, especially in a lot of technical sales area, um, I've got a lot of you know clients that have done webinars. So they'll do 30 to 45 minute webinars and they'll take questions and they'll also have topics. And one of the things I say to them is, you probably do two or three of those a year. They take a long time to build a 45-minute yeah. webinar. But guess what? Just like we're doing here, there's probably six or seven two- to three-minute segments, yep. either segment on a certain um, product or a question and an answer, that those become yep. those snippets. Edit them out and, and put them out after you've I done the webinar. Agree. I completely agree. I also think that 
one, to determine if you are the right person to be doing content marketing, yeah. you need to do it. I'm saying when we started, when I started doing this show with you, Trip, my intention was to do a hundred episodes before I even thought of what the next goal is. Yeah. Because I understood that's how long it takes to get good at something, yeah. right? Let the audience be the judge. I don't know yeah. if I'm gonna, yeah, so I still have no idea. <laughs> we but, have longevity, that's about it. But right? the point <laughs> is though, is that don't expect you're gonna be good right away. Don't expect, yeah. you're gonna look at yourself and what you do in such a different eye than the audience is gonna look at it. Like, what? who is the audience? How are they receiving it? How are your colleagues receiving it? Is it, are you speaking? Are you the CEO that is speaking the voice of your company? If that's the case, that's a different proposition yeah. than if you're speaking, just selling your own goods. So I think it's a great question. I think it is pervasive. You need to have it. And I think it plays yeah. in nicely to social media because that part of it, the content strategy yeah. is how you release it on social media. So again, the only thing I would say, start slow, but with a plan, with the intention of doing it, hundred times before you engage if it's successful and you will be blown away of how when the, when it clicks how exponential the growth is all right what do we got next founder sarah in duluth this kind of leads into what we were talking about when do you need to hire a marketing agency yeah okay so this is a really good one i'm not going to throw out a revenue number because i don't yeah. think revenue is the ultimate thing i think it is when your cost value proposition shows that it is cheaper to put it out to somebody else than it is to have the internal resources allocated to it. I think that hmm. if you have a good person that is doing marketing in and, and in the real world, you're talking 80 grand, right? Let's just call hmm. it a number, yeah. okay? That means you have to be spending a lot of money in marketing, a million dollars to justify said salary. Is it but, smart to go with an in-house person? But many, like just go back to the example that Brent had before, a lot of times it's that's one quarter of an office manager's job for a company right, of that's that the size. Scalability of your right? business. You have to okay. decide at which point. Does that make sense? No, because right really, not? if it's one quarter, that means it's only twenty thousand dollars that's right. being allocated to the marketing. Yeah. But you could—that's all math. You should be able to do to decide. The other one is—is is what is your ability to scale? So some businesses yeah. want to live at thirty employees and they have no intention of ever growing. Yeah. When it's time to scale. Nine out of 10 times, it's time to call in some form of agency that understands how to work with 200 person operations right. versus they understand 30. growth. And, and can you scale? All right. So if you're in an area where labor is, is tight, you know, you may not be able to scale. You may not be able to grow the way you want to grow. Yep. So how do you think about that? Do you yep. bring in resources that, you know, can, can grab new business and you can't execute? Yep. And so. do you do you have a marketing consultant that's looking over your shoulder? Do you have a full marketing agency that's doing digital? Again, a lot of things at play here, but I think the truth is is one, what is the end goal? Let's say you've been in business for 10 years, you're hovering about five, six, seven million, you're in that range, and you don't want to grow. And there are plenty of people out there that are more than happy banking a million dollars a year that don't have any intention of growing. You don't need a marketing agency. You've done the job, you don't need to grow. Now, if you want to take that company to $15 million, because you've only grown it at five, 10% a year, you obviously need external yeah. help and allocate external resources to grow it because you don't have what it takes. Hiring somebody on a whim and saying, grow my business is not an easy endeavor. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. So I think it is a cost value analysis, but I also think it's a, what do you yourself know? Now the question and, becomes- and, and don't take, here's my other, don't take free advice from someone in your BNI network or others and start just trying to do things because, oh, someone, boy, this is effective for me, or you ought to try this or try to do that. I think if you get to that point where you feel like you need to grow, then at that point, at least invest in interviewing a couple of agencies and finding out versus just taking someone else's. It's a completely different business um, recommendation and say, oh, I ought to do this, I ought to do that myself. Yeah. And I think 
this is where know enough to be dangerous comes in, yep. okay? If you're hiring an agency, you better damn well understand what they are doing and how they're going about it so you can challenge them. Because one of the things that yep. is lacking is accountability. Not, not to, are we driving sales with numbers? I have a set of agendas that I need accomplished. I need quick response, I need these things. Are you the agency that can do these X, Y, Z things? And you have to lay it out. You how do they assume. measure it? How do you measure? What are your, your KPIs? Don't let an agency tell you the KPIs. You tell them what the key performance indicators are. What is important to you? Now, a good agency will challenge you because if you think engagement on social media is a valuable metric, you're a fool. What matters is how much <laughs> money are you making so you can hire more agencies and do more marketing. So I think the answer is if you don't know when you need an agency, you probably need an agency. <laughs> or at least need to talk and figure out if that's the best route. Yeah, or yeah. you know, a good marketing partner, and one of the things we pride ourselves on here is sometimes we can be the agency. I can help most companies do all of their things with just the radio rates. Like I can do that stuff, but I can't allocate yeah. enough time to make that a permanent thing. I can give the advice if I need to. So anyway, I think I, I think it's a great question. I think it's a very hard thing to answer. I also think that there's all different kinds of agencies at all different kinds of sizes that makes it a little easier. Just make sure when you hire somebody that you have built enough trust to be honest with them about what your goals are. Because yeah. if you're not, they will not be able to achieve them. Yeah. No, absolutely. All right, this falls in line. Paul in Rome, how do I measure ROI on my marketing? Well, there you go. The first uh, step is that you want to have the metrics. You want to understand how what I'm going to get from my investment. And if you are working, let's just assume, to tie it into the last uh, discussion, that you are working with an agency. If they won't come back to you and give you some some results and some metrics first off about the money you're going to spend with them, that's a warning sign right right up front. Right. Um, another that, you know, um, Nick really focused on is how much business where it comes down to revenue. Right. And if you bring someone on and you spend, let's say you spend one hundred thousand dollars for the year and your sales were flat or grew one hundred thousand dollars, it was a, you know, a failure. You've, you've got to make sure that you're tracking not impressions, not engagement on social media, not just leads. Right. Accountability. You, you, right. You want to be able to track what are the opportunities. Leads and opportunities are very different. Yeah. Essentially, opportunities are qualified leads that you've been able to put in your system to follow up on. Right. So sometimes you have qualified leads. You know they're qualified and you just don't have the resources or yep. manpower to go after them. They, they're staying in the leads. But once you're able to get them and have, whether it's your sales team, your inside team, your operations, whoever it is, start to engage in those conversations. Uh, conversations, then it's truly an opportunity, and that's where you want to focus. Yeah, how many opportunities? Are opportunities and the dollars, the dollar potential. Okay, you're not going to close them all, but again, if I spend a hundred thousand dollars and I get five hundred thousand dollars of opportunities in the year, all right, then I know I've got an opportunity. Then what's my close rate? If yeah. I'm closing half of those opportunities, two hundred fifty thousand dollars on $100,000 spent, I still got to go back to what's my margin, but I'm starting to be in a case of, all right, this is probably starting to make sense. Yep, and I think a lot of times marketing partners are treated unfairly here because I'll give you an example. If my radio campaign said, go to said website, 
and I know by my attribution tools, I drove 600 people to a website. And then you know because of who are listening based, they're qualified. And they don't buy, that's your freaking problem. Yeah. That's because your website was not built to attract said talent. So I think, yeah. while you, the trip's completely right, and the ROI is measured in, in it, it also has to be measured in wh which part of the sales and marketing funnel stopped people from making a purchase, yeah. okay? Good advertisers will make sure that those things are optimized before. For example, if we know 80% of our traffic is done on a mobile phone and your website doesn't scale to a mobile phone, you should not be advertising. You should <laughs> fix your issues in-house so the marketing okay. will work. That is one of the biggest problems, is your ROI is based, you're putting the pressure on one, it doesn't work that way anymore. There's six different parts of this process. You have to have the staffing for it. You have to have the people on the phone that know how to ask where the marketing was coming from, who know how to close, who need to get salespeople out there. So when you look at marketing holistically, which part, you need to be able to isolate which part of the chain is breaking up the flow of the chain. And if you do that, marketing should work. The other thing I'll say is, if you think you're measuring ROI 30 days in, then don't market, yeah. you're a fool. It, you need to be marketing for, I'd say a year, I'll give the benefit of the doubt and say six months before you even start looking because there are so many things that have to fall into place to measure said ROI. If you're looking in real time, you have a digital person in your ear that's lying to you, telling you that you're gonna see an ROI, and you will. And then all of a sudden, you're going to turn your head and that ROI is going to slowly keep going down because that digital marketing gets more and more expensive for yeah. the same leads and you're going to realize where the flaws are. So, I, w I would agree on the ROI um, review. I would not say that you need to wait six months to be reviewing the actions and, and what the results review are coming the time, out of the game. But don't right. gauge the, the ROI, ROI on a Absolutely. monthly basis. Are you, and, and part of that is, okay, the I is investment. And investment is, we're not talking yep, gambling. Right, we're Love not it. talking betting, short term. Love it. Right, this is an investment, and if you think about it, think about it for the Warren year. Warren Buffett's not making his money on Bitcoin. Right, Warren so, Buffett's making his money on I'm Apple gonna, and and the big companies that have investment. been there. They're investments. I'm going to invest during the course of the year. Yes, it's it's fair to start maybe six months in, really starting to put some, um, you know, thought around it. Okay, do we need to start tweaking some things? What what's happening? But it is an investment. It is not a bet, and you're not going to get an answer next Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, and again, right. if you do those things, and, and here's one thing that I've seen many times, okay? Very simply, companies come in and tell you that eyeballs or engagement are a return on investment, okay? Cool, uh, yeah. whose investment? Because that's not a return on my investment <laughs> oh, yeah. because I want money. Yeah. I don't need, I, don't, I can't trade Imp impre engagement. Impressions to me is the worst metric, and it's been out there in the PR world forever and ever, and now it, you know, it gets into social media and others, and who cares? Yeah. Right. Now, there are instances where a lot of impressions could be a good thing, especially if you have a really sexy product that you know and you have faith in it. Impressions are great, but that is not a commodity in which I can trade, which means it's not a return on anything. Yep, exactly. So, all right, great uh, questions. We'll, uh, we'll hit a few more when we come back from the break. You're listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, 
or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job and Nick Constantino here, and we've been taking your questions today. Thanks, uh, Flounder, for uh, putting them out there. I think it's been uh, some interesting questions, some uh, ones that hopefully uh, may resonate with those of you who uh, uh, have businesses out there or uh, maybe you're uh, – you know, leading or, or part of your time is spent on marketing with uh, the business you're working in. So, uh, what do we have? Uh, what do we have next? All right, Mark in Woodstock. Which marketing channel offers the best bang for the buck? Uh, this is gonna be another convoluted answer. I feel, I feel, I feel it coming. So, let's start with the simple part. Okay, each type of business in each stage will have bang a better bang for the buck from different parts of it, right? Yeah. Different industries. So, let's start with the absolute simplest thing that there is. Okay. TV is an awful return on an investment for a small and growing business. Yes. And the reason I say that is the costs in which it takes to make a commercial, the time frame it takes makes it a bad, bad bag for the buck. Okay? I believe that if you have a good product and you have a good SEO setup, radio is actually one of the best bangs for the buck there is. And I say that mm -hmm. because one, it's dynamic. You could change your message at any time. Two, that when you mm. run your campaigns, you have a pretty good idea of who you're reaching with said radio campaigns. So I think radio for most businesses in that, call it five to $12 million range, it is really hard to beat radio. Now, most radio mm -hmm. companies do a very bad job of actually setting you up to succeed. Because it is not oh. just about the commercials you're airing, it is about the time of day they're running, who are they targeting, are you mentoring attribution, are you driving traffic to a website, are you then tracking said website traffic? And do you have a full strategy to activate and everything around that? And, and I think capture. that's the key. And, and I think that's, so the one challenge where digital, and again, we've already talked about some of the, um, the pitfalls of digital at times, people go in the wrong place not understanding at least there's the ability a lot of times to measure. Hopefully you get the right measures, the right KPIs. But many digital um, strategies will allow you to get a, a decent return or bang for the buck in, in as long as it's time. well. And, and exactly. But now there's one part of that. I completely agree with you. However, there are different curves. Yeah. Radio starts with zero takes yeah. time to build up and then sustains. Digital well, starts really high overnight because especially if you weren't doing it and you start doing it, it's amazing. But eventually well, the amount of same amount of money starts returning less and less and you are beholden to a demand curve. So for example, if you're COVID, well, everyone's searching for home improvement, then there's gonna be a lot more people yeah. that are, can buy your services and are looking for them. But when they disappear and it's back to creating demand, you're stuck. You have nothing because you've not done anything to create demand. Well, it goes back to what what are you doing uh, it for? So are you brand building? So going back to the radio example or, or TV or any of the more mass medias, a lot of that is around building your brand. So, yes, don't expect, you know, in, in six months to have this, you know, immediate lift. Some of that is if you have not been out there in the past with your company name and building that brand, it's not going to happen yep. overnight. Yeah, and I also say that, 
yes, I would say digital is the best bang for the buck, especially if you were doing a radio campaign because they're more likely right. to click on you, which drives your cost per clicks down. But realistically, all they're doing is milking all of the mass media you've done previously and taking credit for something that they have nothing to do with. It's, a, it's one of the biggest frauds. And we've caught it, and I know how to try to explain it to people. One of the things I do is I say, look, especially someone who's marketed traditional media for a long time, it's never about, hey, look what I've done for you. It's, dude, yeah. look what you've done. You've built this amazing brand. You're going to let this, these digital people come in and tell you they've generated this revenue for you? Yeah. They're capturing what you have already accomplished. And that usually that does a good picture. So again, I think what? each one, if done the right way, makes the other one more effective. So let's flip this a little bit. Um, in your experience, what have you seen, especially in the last year or two, what, um, you know, what areas have been a big waste of money? more than others where should people think you know think about not yeah, following so, following you know the lead or following others into yeah so i think with a bad crm system i think email marketing has had its heyday and i think mm -hmm. email marketing the problem is all you're doing is marketing to the people that have already bought you or been around i think too much money has been invested into email marketing and it has to be part of your strategy it has to fit in your crm but i think some of the rates that people were charging for these these centralized email blasts 20 30 dollar cpms i just I, I don't see the value proposition in using that form of marketing for new customers i would ask the question of someone you know it used to be you know one to three emails people would open you know that uh, you'd get the opens and people would kind of walk through if someone approaches you over on email marketing what is the average of how many emails before someone opens i mean the amount i just delete, 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 you know, go straight into spam, you name it. But understand your point, and I think it's gotten worse and worse. And then ask yourself the question, if it takes 9 or 10 or 11, I can forget what the, the average stat is nowadays, for someone to actually see it and finally open it, does that make sense to you? Yeah. Well, also, yeah. let's do one further. When do you open an email? When it's yeah. such a good offer that, you, that you're like, oh, my goodness. You know what happens? The cost of the discount in which they're doing is marketing. So that yeah. makes the email marketing. Look, if you're giving yeah. away, if, if pizza's $8, you're giving away for four, you don't need to do much marketing for people to buy your pizza. The marketing yeah. is the lost leadership that you're using on said pizza. Yeah. So that's my problem with email. And I'm, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying if you built a CRM system and you automatically have a 150,000 person mailing list, change your business a little. Instead of just doing garage doors, do front doors. You have yeah. 150,000 new customers. It's easy. But we have, I mean, you just inundated. I'll give you an example. Yeah. I was up in New York. I placed some bets because I was in New York for, you know, I, I, I cleaned house. It was all free bets and I won like a grand, all free bets. It was like the best thing yeah. ever. But man, I got to Georgia. I get six a day emails from these people, oh, yeah. from DraftKings, from all these guys. That's too much, man. It also makes you think how, how disgusting these industries are. You are preying on the weakest people to be the majority of people. And that's why lives are lost. So anyway, yeah. tangent, but, but I was uh, I was actually expecting you to go down the programmatic route. So no, I, I honestly I think programmatic is the most single most effective way to market if you have a good product and good copy. If yeah. you are good, you get it in front of everybody. Yeah. You click where when you could set up UTM codes. I just mm. think by the time the programmatic marketing goes through the agencies, goes through all the channels, yeah. everybody's got their hands out for a cut, and the copy's already old. And yeah. you've already wasted your time on it. If you have a good sound message, I think programmatic is a great And most small, small businesses don't have the time to work all the way through that. I think that's the big challenge. I think it's a great medium. I really think that it has gotten the, the tools that you can use to see success. I think it is a great medium. I just don't think that some schmuck going in his office, writing a commercial, and then pushing it to programmatic is going to make the return. You need mm -hmm. a, a part. How is it fitting into your overall strategy? How are you measuring success? Where are the clicks coming from? What are they going? Are you tracking it all the way through a funnel? And again, let's be clear. I think, I don't want to say easy is the word, but the, the simplest way 
method to track is e-commerce because there's a product you could follow through the cycle and see who bought on that website. That is really easy to gauge success. That's why all these direct-to-consumer models are popping up everywhere and why Macy's is screwed. When you buy direct-to-consumer, their marketing funnels are so concise. They know how much money they're making to the T on everything that why would you go into a store? So I think, again, it it varies by industry. But The the one other I'll throw in and and kind of the last one, but I think there's a caveat to this one. And I do think if you're a consumer-facing business, I do think event and experiential marketing has the potential, right? And I say the potential because you have to know why you're doing it, have a plan leading up, during, and after. But it has the potential to be a tremendous um, bang for your buck. My only concern with experiential marketing is the pent-up demand from COVID forced people to do it. And right now, again, it's I had we have a client. They're going to spend. They're going to Shot Show. They do Camo Realtree. They're going to Shot Show in Vegas. They're spending. $500,000 to set up a booth and everything in Vegas. And in the guy, the marketing director said he's losing his mind. He's like, why are we doing this? And the answer is because the owner wants to make sure everyone knows that they're there. Yeah. And I'm not talking trade shows. I'm talking about, it can be events. It can be, um, you know, tie, tie in with hey sports teams, local schools, you name it. I love experience. You touch the consumers. It makes it tangible. Totally. And and totally. Trade shows, I think have continued to uh, disappoint in most cases. Um, but I think done well, but it's not, oh, great, we have an opportunity to sponsor this and let's do it. And then nothing yeah. happens afterwards. You yeah. show up and yeah. then you leave. That's a problem. Well, yeah. hey, I think this isn't great. We'll have to do uh, this again and uh, uh, take some of these questions from our listeners, which uh, we greatly appreciate. And uh, you have been listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. We'll see you next week. What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.